Hey friends, this is Kimberly De La Rosa, and you are listening to the Mindful Health Podcast, the place where we share science-backed research on how to balance mental health wellness in our everyday life. And this episode, we will be talking about grief and loss, how this affects our brain, and what we can do to not only heal ourselves, but to heal the people around us, and hopefully have the intention to heal the world. This is going to be heavy, but I think that this is going to be something that I know that you will need and that we all need. And I hope you stick with me on this one. So are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me on this podcast, talking about health and wellness and how we can better ourselves so that the world can benefit. And if you are like me and everyone else in the world, you are absolutely experiencing a lot of news regarding the war that's happening in the Middle East. Um, for a while, I didn't really want to say anything because I don't want to get into, I guess, the politics of the situation because I know for sure that I am not a political leader. I'm not a political reporter. Um, but I did want to at least address the humanness of all of this. And what I mean by that is regardless of your political points and which side you're on or which aspects you think are necessary or important in regards to the war in the Middle East, I absolutely am a human being and I believe in humanity and human life, regardless of which side anyone is on. Um, and I know that's going to trigger a lot of people because obviously we live in a place where it's just there is a, a good guy and a bad guy. There's a bad side and there's a wrong side. And there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of statements and theories just traveling around the media regarding which side is wrong, which side is right. And instead of me focusing on that aspect of it, I really wanted to just touch base on the humanity of it and war is a human experience regardless of which side that you're on war affects everyone and on a collective level regardless of whether war happens in home or whether war happens from afar and I think now with social media we are starting to be more exposed to the devastations of what happens with war. And what happens is humanity and human beings are usually the casualties of it. And again, as if you're like me and everyone in the world, every time you go to social media or you go on the news or you anything like that, or even socialize, you will see families who are broken, um, children that are gone too soon, families who have children ripped away from them and wondering what will happen 
cities are burned, you know, just worlds are just erupting and colliding and collapsing. And this is all, I guess, stemming from a place of grief. Because when you do see images like that, it triggers grief inside of us. And as human beings, it's an emotion that we don't want to feel. Um, and that's just to be honest with you is grieving and grief and loss. This is one of the, I guess, you know, the really not so happy part of being human. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to address it because grief is one of the things that I know for a fact is universal. Grief is a universal experience. And when we can understand that, we know that this is something that is just not really unavoidable, but this is something that we can all relate to. Now, whether you do have family in the Middle East or not, I know that on some level you have reached a le- you have reached an experience or a moment of grief whether that is ending a relationship losing a loved one you know to death or to just an end of a friendship that can be another type of grief um you know whenever we receive moments of grief moments of loss on the body it we automatically go into defense mode and then we automatically try to push it out and just negate everything. When in reality, what I'm challenging you to do is kind of give grief a seat at the table, not to let it control the conversation, but to give grief a seat at the table because When we look at things that are disturbing or when we look at things regarding loss or grief and we automatically push them away, not only do, is that a, I guess, a survival tactic, you know, because our body's trying to protect us from not really experiencing or feeling any type of negative thing. Because again, our bodies are absolutely wonderful when it comes to survival and protection whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally. We will do whatever we can to avoid feeling sad or to avoid feeling lost or anything like that. So then we have habits and we have things that will distract us from actually feeling those feelings, whether it's drugs or alcohol or social media or sports, because believe me, you know, sports is definitely, you know, a a tool to suppress emotion and grief. But whenever we don't give in to sitting down and feeling grief and feeling the emotions and we use things to kind of distract us, what it ends up doing is delaying the inevitable. Because what will happen is your body is going to either today or the next day or whatever, it's going to come back to you and basically tell you that this is something that you have to process. Processing grief is not fun. (laughs) It really isn't. And for some people, it's not easy because grieving, especially if it's someone who you've lost, for example, grieving is 
coming to that realization of this person is gone and I will no longer see them. And that is an ending and giving that time for us to actually heal instead of avoid is key. And I think that when it comes to just really coming to terms with understanding that we have to grieve, we have to, it's just, it's a necessity. We have to feel it. We have to feel sad. We have to feel the loss. We have to feel grief. And I know that there are times where it's like, you really don't want to, like, for example, you know, scrolling on social media and looking at, you know, the children that have been affected by war, you know, these are human beings that were born into this world who did not ask to be born. And now they are suffering, you know, just the actions of people wanting to take control. You know, when you see stuff like that, or at least in my experience, every time I look at it, my heart just absolutely breaks every single time. Because in my head and my brain, all I'm thinking about is my family. Like, how would I react if someone were to come and just, you know, rip apart my family? How would I react if I'm in the middle of eating one day and all of a sudden um, I get attacked, you know, our nation gets attacked type of thing? Like, and I think the reason why we don't want to see these things like on social media or the things that we don't want to talk about it or we don't really want to process this or anything like that is because it gives us those questions like, God, what would happen if this happened to me? And then we don't want to think that because we know that it's not going to feel good and we're having going to have feelings that don't make us feel good. So then we try to avoid it and push it away and not really process it. But instead, what we should do is at least understand why we feel this way. And the reason why, you know, is because we are human. Like we feel and we empathize. And at least for me, like whenever I see someone who, who is going through a loss or who's going through pain, um, I'm the type of person that, especially if the person that I love the most or that are in my inner circle that I truly, truly love and admire, and if they are going through some type of grief and pain, I feel it because I want to do whatever I can to make them not feel that way, you know? And then I think when we live in a world where there's just so much going on, you know, again, like it's not even just what's happening like in the Middle East, you know, Russia and the Ukraine, that's still going on, you know? There are wars that are happening, you know, in Africa that are still going on too. Like there are so many different battles and wars and people in pain all across the globe. And it's not so much as to like trying to turn a blind eye. And it's also not so much as like sacrificing everything, giving up everything to just go and join the Red Cross and just try to help as many people as you possibly can. I think what is happening is that we're all in like this weird state of limbo of looking at just loss and just figuring out what do I do? And then if there really is no clear cut answer as to crap, what do I do? What do I say? How can I process this? We don't do anything because again, it's, it's a fear. It's for fear of saying the wrong thing. It's fear of, you know, looking a certain way or it's also fear of actually stepping in 
to the space of grief and loss and realizing that if we are affected by the loss and grief of other people, it's because deep down there is a lot of loss and grief that we humans have to go through and that we have to process. The body's very clever when it comes to our sad moments. Um, there's a study that talks about trauma in the body. And what that means is that whenever we experience some type of trauma, and again, grief could be labeled as trauma. You know, if you, if you lost someone very important to you, who was very impactful in your life, that's a traumatic event. And it, coincides, you know, with grief. And usually the mind will try to go into survival mode and it'll try to push you through and it'll try to be like, okay, don't worry, we're going to get through this. But the body has memory stored in it. The body collects grief and loss. And some people don't even know it. You know, there are a lot of people who have a lot of different ailments that's in their body from arthritis to indigestion issues, you know, to uh, so many different types of things in their bodies that they've tried every single method or every single type of thing and nothing is working. When in reality, what could possibly be the culprit of a lot of physical ailments in people is stored grief. It's grief that has been stored in our bodies that hasn't really had the time to be let out because we don't allow it because we're in survival mode. We're just trying to survive. We're trying to just move from one day to the another. And when it comes to our health and our wellness, the more that we push grief away, the more that we push loss away, the bigger it's going to build and the harder it's going to crash. And that's just something that is inevitable. Like it's just crazy. But the upside of it is, again, grief is universal. And when we can connect to one another, when we can understand that this is something that everybody experiences, whether you are young or old, you live in America or you live on the other side of the world, grief is a universal experience. Um, there was this amazing study by uh, Dr. O'Connor from the University of Arizona who was studying the brain when it experiences grief. And in conclusion, she found out that grief is a form of learning. That when the brain receives grief or the brain receives loss, it teaches the human being how to be in a world without that thing that we have lost. So the background is running all the time for people who are grieving and thinking about new habits and how they have to interact. Like it's one of those things that, again, like, like I said before, it's like the mind is so powerful that when we are experiencing a grieving state or a loss state, it's the mind is going to just be like, I got you. I got you. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And so far we let the brain take the lead and we're just like, okay, take the lead because I don't have the capacity to deal with the emotions of this right now because this is too much for me to bear. So then the brain goes, all right, boo, I got you. I'm just going to make sure that you are in survival mode and I'm going to kick in survival mode. And once you're ready to process this, then you'll be ready. The problem is we don't go back when it comes to grief. When the brain comes and starts taking it and like, okay, this is survival mode. All right, let's go. Sometimes we leave survival mode on 
for years and years. It starts to affect our relationships. It starts to affect our mental health. It starts to affect our performance when it comes to work, or even it starts to affect the way that we speak to people, like, because it's all stored, repressed grief that is not let out. It's not really shown. It's not really talked about. It's not, we haven't really coped with it or haven't really seen it. You know, about 10% of people who experience complicated grief, it makes it, it's a condition that makes it harder for some people to adapt to who've lost someone. So uh, there's also another study that showed that 70% of people taking part in therapy when it comes to grief actually improves the result. And in comparison, only 30% of people who received any type of standard treatment for depression, for anxiety, they've all improved symptoms. And why is that? It's because people are taking the time to actually sit and with their grief. Like if you've also noticed, like if you go to social media and if you go to so many different like, you know, news outlets now, you'll, you're going to see a lot of things called like shadow work. You know, you're going to see a lot of therapy. You're going to see a lot of gentle parenting. You're going to see a lot of all of these different things. And this is all stemming from grief. This is stemming from loss. Gentle parenting is another method developed because they had realized that there was a lot of grief. There was a lot of loss in previous generations. So then people decided, you know what, I'm going to heal that part of myself so that my children no longer have to deal with whatever type of trauma that I've dealt with. That is basically working through grief and loss. So because we have grief stored in our bodies and in our minds, and we know that it's really, really hard to move through grief, there are so many different ways of trying to cope with loss and cope with grief, whether it's within your family or whether you're affected by what's happening around you in the world as a collective, you know, and a lot of the tactics when it comes to coping, to coping with grief, you know, is they're, they're very simple, but they're also very, very powerful. And I guess the first one is to absolutely 100% take care of yourself. When it comes to coping with loss or with grief, your body and your mind are the ones that need that extra care. Try to exercise regularly, eat healthy foods, get enough sleep, avoid habits that are going to put you in a state of even more loss and more grief or get you into that like really, really down state, like alcohol, you know, or smoking, like all of these different like health risk habits, they kind of increase, you know, the emotional state of grief and loss. You know, another thing that we can do is also talking to friends. Um, it's so funny because I was just talking to the other day that with a friend of mine who basically was like, oh, you're, you're calling someone? And I said, yeah. And they were just like, hmm, interesting. Because we live in a world that we don't even call one another we simply send a text message, you know, and while that may be like really, really helpful, but the connection and communication, like the connection, not really so much the communication is the connection. The connection's really not there. So when we are in a state of loss or grief, it is always good to just talk to friends, not text them, not send them any type of social media memes or something like that. I mean, for some people, yeah, that could be like helpful, but 
I know for a fact that talking to someone in real life, seeing somebody being held by someone, um, it, that's just absolutely life-changing, you know? And we also have to understand that when it comes to loss and grief is not making any type of crazy major changes right away, you know, because you are in a very, very fragile state. So it's understanding to take your time and to basically care for yourself. And now I know that this is going to very be controversial, but I firmly stand by this, that sometimes social media is a very, very, very depressive induced stay like thing. Like, you know, like what you'll be going on social media and then all of a sudden you'll see something that'll just trigger you and that'll just hit you a certain way. Um, and I'm not saying to just like not avoid it because again, like we're not talking about avoidance. We're really talking about making peace with it. So if you do see yourself that you're just constantly being surrounded by like horrible content or content that doesn't make you feel very well, Remember that you have the power to just remove yourself from social media. You have the power to stop looking at things. You have the power to just simply exist and be without constantly scrolling or constantly being in the soup of what is going on around you in the world. That's not to say to not pretend like nothing is happening because obviously it is. And this is something that needs to absolutely be addressed from the powers that be, but us as individually, um, taking care of ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally when it comes to coping with loss and grief is an absolute must. And when it comes to, you know, even talking about it, another tip that you could be able to do is, you know, just, you could join a support group in person. You can speak to a therapist or, you know, a counselor who could be able to help with you. You know, at the end of the day, if you need to speak to a doctor, absolutely speak to a doctor. Go to a doctor and talk to them about, you know, what you're experiencing. And understand that grief and loss are things that need to be felt in order for them to leave. I want to say that again because I really, really want to resonate in your bones and in your mind. You have to deal with the emotions of grief in order for grief to just dissipate and leave your body. Avoiding it is not going to help. Avoiding it is going to make it worse when it when you're going to like have to confront grief or loss. So if you've if you lost somebody, you know, if you've lost a friend, if you've lost a family member, um, if you lost a friendship or anything like that, and you haven't really sat down and talked about it, you haven't really sat down and did it, or really like looked and analyzed at it, you know, I'm sorry to say, one of these days, it's just really going to come at you, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> and um, I know that from personal experience. It's the only reason why I'm saying this. You know, I have had a history of just swallowing hurtful feelings down, swallowing grief and loss because I did not think that I was strong enough to go through those emotions. And every single time that I tried to just push it away, no matter what, something will always just come up. I remember this one time where um, it was just like Thanksgiving and I was at a family gathering because we were all just, you know, talking 
you know, about Thanksgiving and stuff. And one of my tias, my aunts, she loves to do a prayer, you know, right before we eat for Thanksgiving. And usually she just explains about the things that she's grateful for, everything like that. And then we'll just start going into just a universal, like collective prayer, whoever is around, and then we eat. And in the middle of prayer, this all of a sudden, I start crying. And in no way, like I was completely, quote unquote, fine when I got there, you know, like I was just laughing and I was talking and I was just like, I was okay. Like everyone's looking at me like, oh, you know, Kimberly's great. Okay, fine. But it wasn't until we were all together, we were all in like ceremony in a way, praying and being together in a collective as one that my body was just telling me like, you're going to fall apart. And I did. And I just started crying just randomly, just started crying and just letting everything out in front of my family. Like, like everyone was just like, what is happening? You know? And the only reason that had happened was because I was in a moment where I, my body felt so safe and it was in a place of love and it was in a place of community that my body felt like, you know what, this is the time that we're going to break. And it didn't. And again, I did not choose this. I did not want to break down like in front of everyone, but it was just like, I was so overwhelmed with the emotion that it just overpowered and I, it just exploded. And it wasn't until you know, going through my own healing journey and going to therapy and all that stuff that I now come to realize that that moment was because my body was just kind of like, you've had enough. Like, we're not going to keep pushing this away. We're not going to pretend like you're okay because you're not. And this is going to come out. And yes, this is the worst, quote unquote, the worst time for it to come out. But guess what, girl, you have delayed this for too long. And now you don't have a choice. Now you have to sit with this and you have to grieve. And it just exploded. Um, and of course, my family's like, oh, my God, are you OK? Like, you know, but again, it's it's one of those things where grief is going to catch up to you if you do not sit with it and if you do not go through it. That is the whole purpose of wellness. And I've said this once before, and I will say it again, that mental health and wellness, the end result is to not eliminate sadness or grief or any negative emotion in your body. Because once again, this is an impossibility. Human beings are meant to feel all the spectrums of emotion, whether they're good or bad. Mental health and wellness the purpose, the root of all of this is to give you the tools to process and heal and basically collaborate with all of these emotions, how to respond to them so that you can continue to live your best and healthy life. That is the purpose of mental health and wellness. So talking about all of the positive things and all of the good things, that's great, but if you're only focused on that, you are missing a core part of your healing journey and of your wellness. You have to go through the sticky, uncomfortable parts. You know, you have to go through the things that you've been avoiding and your body and your mind are just trying to tell you over and over and over again, 
You can't avoid this. You got to go through this. You got to heal from this. And again, this is tough work. This is work that nobody wants to do. Why do you think the pharmaceutical industry make thousands and thousands of dollars of money? Because they produce medicine to people in order for them to not deal with grief and with loss. That's literally what it is. We have so many temptations from TV, drugs, everything out there that was going to help us avoid dealing with grief and with loss. Like, that's how crazy it is that it comes to the point where grief and loss has become so taboo. Even when you talk about it, it gets into a way of like, oh my God, like, I don't want to talk about this or I don't want to deal with this. When in reality, it's like, this is a universal thing. We have to talk about this. Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. But is it needed? Absolutely. It's absolutely needed talking about grief and loss. And I think I wanted to create this episode because not only did I definitely want to address that this is absolutely 100% part of wellness, but I also know that a lot of people don't want to go with this because they feel alone. And if you're one of those people, you are not alone. There are so many people dealing with a lot of inner battles of grief and loss and sadness and despair. And they could be people that you know that look like the happiest person in the room. And that person could be going through something. Again, this is universal. Everybody goes through this. The more we can have empathy around that idea that everyone goes through this, everyone goes through pain and loss, the more we can understand that we are not alone in this that we're all in this together, whether we are on a similar path or whether we are way ahead of somebody or far behind, it doesn't even matter. This is universal. This is a human condition. And this is something that needs all of our love and compassion and empathy when it comes to this, of not rushing grief and loss, pushing it away from our bodies. Because again, that's just going to be worse. You know, it's going to make things worse. It's understanding of feeling the grief, literally feeling it. It's having it in, in your body, feeling that grief, getting it out, getting all of that, you know, feelings and the emotions and the quote unquote yucky stuff that we don't want to do. It's just giving us that space of just being like, you know what? I'm grieving right now but I'm going to take my time and I'm not going to judge myself and I'm not going to force myself to pretend that I'm okay because I am not fucking okay right now. You know? So it's when we have control over that, when we have power of like understanding that, Hey, grief is a part of me, but it is not of me. Just because I am grieving doesn't mean that I am going to be a sad person forever. I need to go through this grief because I want to become a better version of myself. And this is the way to do it. There is no cookie cutter way. There is no easy fix when it comes to pain and loss and grief. This is not easy. And this is not going to be fast. This is arduous and long and ups and downs, you know, you're going to have awesome days and you're going to have really low days. And this is all a part of grief. This is all a part of healing and wellness. And I wanted to give you the permission to understand that it's okay. If you are in that state, it's okay 
to cry. It's okay to look at things on social media about what's happening on, around the other side of the world and feeling horrible that you can't really do anything, even though you can, you know, whether it's, you know, donating money or to causes that are helping, you know, or calling to politicians to figure out, you know, how you can be able to use your voice to help. There are so many different things on the internet that you can definitely do. But in regards to our own personal journey of grief and loss, you know, give yourself that permission to go through it and understand that you're, you're not going to be an expert at it. Like you're not supposed to just heal automatically right out the gate. That's not possible. And you know, that's not realistic, but the more we can actually, again, embrace grief into our wellness journey, embrace the sadness and the loss and understand that this is a human emotion. This is a universal emotion and experience. We're all going through something like this. And this is just my way of healing and my way of dealing with stuff. And the more I can give space to that, the better off my life and my mental health will be. So thank you so much for giving me your time, your presence, your attention. If you have any questions, I am on KimberlyDelarosa.com. If you like this episode or you think somebody needs to hear this, please share. Share this with as many people as you possibly can. And if you like it, rate it. You know, I am on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. Definitely give me a follow, rate it. And I'm on social media at Kim Delarue. And before I leave, I just want to let you know that you are amazing. If you are experiencing a lot of grief or a lot of pain, whether it's with the world that's happening around us or whether it's something internally, an internal battle that you're going through, just understand that you are enough. You are worthy of love and of healing and of joy and that you got this and you are magnificent and I love you very much. Stay safe out there and I will talk to you later. Bye.